folks to the uh, third episode 2.5 I don't know of kicking grass I'm one of your hosts Rob Novak here as always with Mr. David Walding thank you Rob great to be here with you today and yeah. a beautiful day at South Austin Beer Garden it really is Bob in the background and some beer and well I got cider today so in hand it's it's a great day yeah I guess what are you drinking Rob I've got the blackberry cider from Austin East Ciders today oh wow uh, I wanted to change things up a little bit. What about you? Yeah, I went with a uh, Lazy Magnolia Southern Pecan today. So, that sounds uh, really good. Yeah, it's it's pretty good choice. Uh, let the bartender pick it out. I say I like this and this and that, and they always do a great job here at South Austin Beer Garden. They sure do. Let's, let's get into the soccer, though. Um, so, Austin FC... Austin FC. ...has done some interesting things in the past week. Um... Had a couple games, one, some good news, some bad news. Uh, what, what were your kind of takeaways? So so we'll just review it a little bit for those who may not know, uh, but I'm sure you all do. So Austin FC played LA, LA Galaxy last week and then turned around and yesterday evening played uh, the uh, Rapids up in Colorado. So uh, those are two very different games with two very different results. Um, what did What did you think? Well, um, for everybody who listened to our lost episode, so I guess technically this will be episode two. Yeah. Uh, but if you heard the lost episode when I was so confident about our win in Houston, which was an abject and utter failure of a prediction, well, uh, basically what I said is it's not that complicated. It's like keep it simple, stupid. Mm-hmm. You play Jite forward. Mm-hmm. You play Driussi to uh, be the distributor yep. at the attacking mid. You put Pochettino on there as a containing mid um, to combine with Driussi. Mm-hmm. And that's basically all you really have to do to be successful. For the first time the entire season against LA Galaxy, we actually saw that. Mm-hmm. And it worked amazingly well. It worked a peach. They, they look like one of the best teams in the league that game i mean la galaxy is a pretty good team Mm -hmm. and that was the formula that's what they needed to do um so i was at that game and ended up to be a uh yeah um, two uh two nil uh, sorry two nil victory for austin fc Mm -hmm. um and first goal by uh jite um in the second half it was zero zero at halftime and then uh austin's very own mckenzie Gaines came in toward the end of that match and scored an absolutely stunning goal for goal of the week with MLS. That's right. First first MLS goal, first MLS goal of the week. Yeah. For, Gaines, for both Gaines, of them, actually. Yeah, GTA yeah. and yeah, for, Gaines both yeah. had their first MLS goal. But, exactly. But, yeah, but, uh, Gaines scored uh, just an absolute stunner yeah. for, for goal of the week. So um, I was impressed by both of them. Mm-hmm. I thought um, Driussi is great, as always, in that position. Um, and I thought Tomas Pochettino, who went the full 90, looked really good in that containing mid role, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is his preferred position. Yeah. And it's been kind of stunning to me with all the issues we've had at that position, why that hasn't, hasn't been tried before now. Yeah. Uh, but so against LA Galaxy, that formula really worked, and it was a great game, great mm-hmm. atmosphere, had a blast at Q2 Stadium. Um, and there was a lot of... Social media noise about mm-hmm. 
wow, Wolf has really figured it out and he's doing a great coaching job and everybody who's been criticizing him needs to eat their words. Yep. And then we get to Wednesday. And then we get to Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. So uh, in the clouds of, of Denver. So, what, uh, what happened? Yeah. So <laughs> what happened is forget about road games and only concentrate on home games is the only thing I can think about. Now, admittedly, <laughs> it's three games in a week, but mm-hmm. he takes Jite, Driussi, and Fagundes. Yeah, Fagundes. Yep. So he takes those three players and he does not even travel them to Denver. Mm-hmm. Uh, they stay at home. Stuver and Cecilio Dominguez are on the bench mm-hmm. to start the game. Uh, he rotates seven new starters into mm-hmm. the starting lineup. One of them was McKenzie Gaines. Yep. yep. Uh, which deserved. I thought was deserved. Exactly. Yep. Uh, but so he plays seven new starters for the midweek game at mm-hmm. altitude with a backup keeper. He takes uh, Alex Ring mm-hmm. and puts him at center back. <laughs> that was a little shocking to me. I was like, uh, wait a minute. <laughs> doesn't start Cascante. Nope. Uh, so basically... I don't and it, know. I and don't, it's a I completely don't different formation. It's a three-four-three. <laughs> I know. Whereas they were playing, uh, you know, a four-two-three-one uh, against the Galaxy, or uh, yeah, four-four-two-three-one. Yeah. Exactly. So you know, yeah, the four-two-three-one looked good. Yeah, and um, so so why why are you shuffling the lineup that much? Shuffling the formation that much? Putting a, I mean, Ring is a defensive midfielder, right? Yeah, into I mean, I mean, you see that transition quite a bit, you know. It's not like he's into, never played there ever into before. a center back, but he, he has played there. Yeah, but that's not where he's, you know, comfortable. I don't. Right. I would say probably. Right. Um, you know. So, but yeah, I mean, I mean, you would expect a professional footballer to, to be able to make at least that that slight transition from defensive midfielder to center back. Fine. Um, so so I can tell you what the Wolf defenders are going to say. Yeah. And. I can tell you my opinion, which okay. is not the same. <laughs> what but are the Wolf Defenders going to say? The Let's Wolf Defenders, out. the Wolf in crowd, mm-hmm. is saying that you've got three games in a week again, mm-hmm. and it's better to rest your starters who've been playing a lot, and they're incapable of playing three games in a row in one week. So you rest them all on the road game in order to be ready for the next match that comes up this weekend on Saturday against Real Salt Lake. Yep. Uh, so that's the opinion of the Wolf defenders mm-hmm. is concentrate, basically concentrate on the home, home games. games. Don't yep. worry about the away games. Yep. I'm, I'm not sure that, I mean, I get that strategy. I know, for example, Diego Fagundes, I'm totally fine with that because he has just played an enormous amount of minutes. That, yeah, that's um, what it looks like. I mean, he, if anybody needs a rest, it's definitely him. Yeah, Diego definitely needed a rest. I can totally see that. I'm fine with that. I'm okay with changing one or two. But when you start doing things like resting your starting goalkeeper, your goalkeeper doesn't need a rest. No. I'm sorry. Your goalkeeper doesn't need a rest. To be fair, though, Tarbell had some really nice saves in the game. Yeah, I'm, and I'm I, okay I with Tarbell. I couldn't fault him for at least two of the three goals. I mean, sure. obviously he had the one where he just gave it away, but... You know, right. the other but two goals... It's not you know, like Stuber hasn't done that same exact right. thing. Right, yeah, exactly. So. Um, and that's, you know, part of the system that, that Wolf wants to play. But, you know... Yeah, I'm okay with that in a pure goalkeeper perspective mm-hmm. because I don't think, honestly, there's that much difference or drop-off between Stuber and Tarbell in, yeah. in goal. 
Yeah, from I mean, from what I saw from that game, because that, that's the only only I've ever seen of Tarbell. Um, well, I saw him play. He played in the uh, Tigers friendly. Yeah, yeah, he played some of the friendlies, and and and, and, and I know in preseason, but that's the only thing I've seen from Tarbell. And he and like I agree with you, the level between Stuber and Tarbell, I couldn't tell the difference. Right, they're one A one B is on that perspective. Uh-huh. The difference is you came off that LA Galaxy game. Let's go back to the LA Galaxy yeah, yeah, game let's go for back a second to the because game. that was uh, how you should play. Um, but you're coming off. Uh, the game before that, where they totally collapsed against San Jose, mm-hmm. and Stuver had that rush out, push over, hey. card offense against the uh, San Jose player who just like totally cheap shotted yeah. one of our players yeah. in the goal. And, and I'm 100 percent with Stuver on that. As, yeah, as a goalkeeper, I well, I, I'm like I got no problem with that. Yeah, no, no, great, <laughs> great job. Great job defending, you know, your your teammate. I'm yeah, totally see on board with that too. But he picked up Ricard for that. Mm-hmm. But he was, he has been since that play, vocally a leader of this team yep. coming out and and has really embraced that role as one of the leaders mm-hmm. on the on the team. That's the that's the bigger issue for me. Yeah, is by making that switch and taking him out at this particular time. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not a, it's not like I an mean, open he, cup match. It's not a leagues cup match. You know, it's, it's. I mean, right. You know, it, it. This isn't the time to rotate a goalkeeper. And and you just got your first shutout in. I think it was thirteen games. Yeah. You just got your first win in like seven games. Yeah. And to make your very next match, you're literally telegraphing as a coach at that point. Ah, we don't care about this game. We're just going to go out, go through the motions. We're not trying to win this, this yeah, game. Yeah, 100%. Uh, that's the message that was sent out even before the game ever started. Yep. Now, I was hoping some of the players would shock shock the world and, yeah. and, and make a statement with that game and say, no, we, we're going to go win despite the coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, that didn't happen. Yeah. Not And again, I don't want to totally put it on the players, but mm-hmm. giving up that goal in... Literally, there was one minute of stoppage time, and it was like one minute and three seconds. Yep. Uh, at the end of the first half, there was some bad luck on that play, but there was yeah, also yeah. some. I mean, some mistakes. The kind of a lapse in concentration at the very end. Well, yeah. I mean, you can't allow a player to get a, a cross off at that point in the game. You know what? Like, right. You, you got to get get closer to that guy before he gets the the cross off, and, and not yeah, even allow him to get into the that far into the penalty area. Yeah, it was a mistake on the. On actually Danny Pereira, I think mm. it was, who mm. went with the wrong player at that point, mm. and that pulled Romagna out of out of the area. Gotcha, yeah. Couldn't get to him in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did think Tarbell could have done a little bit better on that. Uh, it was kind of unlucky yeah. he hit Nick's, Nick Lima and went yeah. in for an well, well, the, the I mean, the Rapids player headed it into Lima, right. and exactly. Lima had just no... So, no reaction time. Uh, but then coming out of the second half, this is the bigger issue, yeah. is you get that instantaneous first minute, bullheaded, <laughs> let's go back to the goalkeeper, yeah. mess around with your feet, play it out of the back, give it straight to the opposing team, yeah. right in front of your goal, straight on goal to start the second half, you're right. 2-0. And that, to me, uh, I know some people are blaming the players on that, but that's that's coaching. That is yeah. what they are being told to do. Mm-hmm. By Wolf, that is the strategy of the team. Yep. That is how they want to do it, and it's clear to me that that was probably 
re-emphasized at halftime. Yeah. Hey, yeah, we're going to play out of the back. You need to do that more. Mm-hmm. You didn't do that enough in the first half. Yep. Make sure and concentrate on playing out of the back when we start the second half. Right, right. To me, that seemed to be what happened. I don't know mm-hmm. if you saw that or what you thought about that. Yeah, that, I mean, that's no, my I, opinion. Because, I mean, I, I mean, at this point, everybody knows that's what Wolf's strategy is. So right. the Rapids were obviously pressing to try to get that that mistake and they Correct. got it Correct. you know and i mean no i mean obviously like i said tarbell not having you know very many reps i mean stuver's done the same thing before mm-hmm. um so i'm sure they were ready for stuver being in goal but tarbell you know just gifted it to him right there i mean why, i mean why are you not regardless of what the coach says you are a you, know, you are a fully formed professional soccer player at this point if you're playing in mls okay yeah you have your own soccer brain like you, like you have to know that it's okay to go against the coach's wishes when you are getting the ball out of an extremely dangerous area. Like as soon as that ball comes back, you you see all the Rapids shirts right in front of you. Just kick the crap out of it, man. Just like just who cares at that point? I'm I'm kind of with you, but I do have to devil's advocate and say, but if you're the backup goalkeeper who hasn't played a minute in league play all year long and you did that in the first half and it worked relatively well and then you get into halftime and your coach is saying no you've got to play it out of the back i don't want you kicking the long ball it's hard to abandon that in the first minute of the second half and go against what your coach is telling you to do right out of the gate in that second half i mean i i I get that perspective and i wish you would have done that uh but i i also understand why he didn't if it's Mm -hmm. as i presume it is and that's what they're being coached to do yeah. I, I mean everything else that i've seen is that that's what they've been coached to do as well exactly um, and so my bigger issue is with the whole message because they did this against fc dallas mm-hmm. in i don't think the fc dallas game was that egregious because it actually did work and it actually worked mm-hmm. in this game until the 46.03 yeah. right. of the first <laughs> half you play a certain way Get into halftime. Uh, if it's zero zero on the road at halftime, then you can bring on some of your quote unquote big guns mm-hmm. and try to uh, eke out a goal or a win or a draw in the second half. Right. The problem with doing that on Wednesday against Colorado is that he didn't have the big guns. He didn't even bring right. them. They weren't even it. on the bench. Yep. There's nothing he could have done. So who yeah, do you those... bring on? Rodney Redes and. Uh, Cecilio Dominguez. Yeah, I mean Dominguez. <laughs> that, is that's who you bring the on. You biggest... brought on Cascante. Yeah, which was another. I mean, I'm sorry. I, you also bring on a center back ten minutes into the second half. That to me is idiocy. You know, as a coach, not to do that. Yeah. You, you either bring them in at halftime mm-hmm. so they start off on even keel with everybody else at center back. Yeah, yeah. Or you wait longer to make that sub mm-hmm. so that the other team is starting to get tired out and you're bringing on fresh legs. Exactly. So sub at the 70, mm-hmm. 75th minute. Yep. Um, to do it the 55th minute is just kind of ridiculous. And I don't think it's a fluke that they scored within two minutes of that, that sub. Yeah, absolutely So not. you come on, you're not at game speed. The other mm-hmm. team is at full strength. You're having to, it takes a few minutes as a center yeah, back. I yeah. played center back. Mm-hmm. It takes a few minutes to get acclimated to right. the speed of the game, the kind of the style and the way things are going. Right. It's different watching it from the sideline mm-hmm. than being on the field. 100%. So it takes you a little bit of time to be thrown right into that yeah. at the 55th minute. <laughs> Just, I, again, I do not 
get some of these decisions. That, that yeah. to me is just you you should know better. Yeah, it's baffling for yeah, sure, and I, and and I know frustrating for for a lot of Austin FC fans right. like yourself. Uh, bright spot is McKenzie looked like the real deal. Mm-hmm. He looked great. I thought there was a very dangerous questionable i mean a lot of people are saying it was a clear penalty or a clear yeah foul at the edge of the box i watched that yeah um, I, I was i was surprised that that wasn't even a var review right that's the bigger issue to me is that i think they should have reviewed that mm-hmm. i'm i'm getting some feedback on social media that the things that could be looked at might not have been reviewable under the VAR rules. Well, I, I, that's just getting ridiculous yeah, at that point. Yeah. You you review that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a push in the back. I mean, right. Sort and, of. He, and he doesn't really even get, I mean, he gets a sort of a shot off. Because that, that's usually yeah. as a referee, you're looking like, you know, can they, even if there's contact or a foul, you know, are they still going? Can they still make the next, you know, move that they wanted to make? Right. You know, and yeah, he knocks it in the direction of goal. Right. <laughs> but absolutely not how he wanted, would have wanted to. I completely think that he was taking a shot on goal and uh, got pushed as generous, but got touched in nudged. the back enough, <laughs> nudged enough to throw off his shot, which yeah. I think was the point of that, yeah, which exactly. to me is a foul. Is a foul. Yeah. So um, I do I Especially do think if, it was outside the area. Yeah. I don't think it was a penalty kick. Right. Um, yeah. But to me, that was a foul mm-hmm. at the edge of the box, right outside I mean, the area. It should have been a free kick. That could have been a red card. Yeah. Because uh, that's, I mean, I, I, yeah, because it was just gains in the, in the keeper. And then that, that defender that, that nudged him off the ball. I mean, that's... That's denying an obvious goal-scoring opportunity. Okay, I'll defer to you on that one as well. But um, so. I, I'm not going to argue that point. But <laughs> what I'm understanding is that mm-hmm. that's not, because it was outside the box, that's mm-hmm. not something that can be reviewed by VAR. But interesting. my point interesting. is you can always review a red card offense. Yes. So even if, it, that would have been. if it wasn't a red card offense, even if it wasn't, mm-hmm. it's questionable enough yeah it could have been a red card offense that that to me it should have been reviewed by var but wasn't that could have totally changed yeah absolutely the way things are played but the ultimate point is so then what you still Mm -hmm. don't have gta you still don't have fagundes you still don't have uh driussi um even if you were up one zero or tied one one at halftime so what what are you going to do in the second half Mm -hmm. so seattle was a prime example when they played Austin, they took a similar tactic and put in all these, you know, teenage players. Children. Yeah. <laughs> um, they rested all of their starters. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was 0-0 at about the 70th minute. So what they do? They brought in Rui Diaz mm-hmm. and scored and won the game. Yep. But we couldn't have done that yeah. yesterday. No matter what happened, we had no options yeah. we of did not any have legitimacy. Rui Diaz on the bench. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So... Uh, but again, we didn't have Driussi on the bench. We didn't have Gita on the bench. We mm-hmm. didn't have Fagundes on the bench. You yeah. really don't have anything you can do at that point. We got to see Cecilio come back in at the nine, mm-hmm. and he was just as ineffective at the nine as he's always been at the nine. Yeah. So, but I was trying to take the good out of that and circle back into the bad. But mm-hmm. uh, the good is McKenzie Gaines. I think yeah, he's yeah, a legitimate, absolutely. legitimate MLS mm-hmm. player. Yeah. I would say solid backup. I would like to see him at the nine as a backup to GTA mm-hmm. um, and get the occasional start. Yeah. If it were me, that's what I would be doing with McKenzie. But mm-hmm. uh, he looks 
completely comfortable yeah. on that field. He's got tremendous pace. Mm-hmm. Um, he stretches the defense like very few of our players can possibly do. Yeah. Uh, so good job, McKenzie. I, yeah. I just want to say um, I'm so happy to see him playing. Same and here. I'm still scratching my head as to why it took so long. Yeah. <laughs> um, to give him that opportunity, but uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what he has going forward with Austin. For sure, FC. for sure. Me too. Me too. Is that the all you want to say about Austin that, FC at the moment? That's all I want to say okay. because the questioning the coaching decisions yeah. is becoming a every week mm-hmm. event. I don't know what else there is to say. Yeah, we know at this point who Wolf is as a coach. Right. We know uh, what he's going to do. I think our good friend Harry Austin might have lost some money on this one but um <laughs> yeah. again if you don't it, people were saying like the day after that la galaxy game that that's probably what he was going to do for this yeah. game because it's at this point you can predict it you can see it coming uh-huh. he's going to change what's working into something that's not yeah uh i'll just you know go on saturday root for them against uh real salt lake and see uh-huh. uh see if we get the good austin fc right or <laughs> if he mixes it up again yep We'll just have to see. Yeah. Uh, but so I want to move on to, uh, to talk USL a little yeah, bit yeah. and see how things are going in the <clears throat> mountain In the division. mountain division. Yeah. The yeah. mountain division of the the Eastern Conference. I th- To me, things are going pretty well. Um, you know, since we spoke, um, you know, Austin have picked up uh, seven points uh, from four matches, um, which I was not expecting, but we did. Uh, and I'm very happy for him, you know. Uh, the, uh, the the Ryan Thompson honeymoon might be over. I don't know. Yeah, that um, was going to be one of my questions for you, you know, today. But, uh, I, I mean, the big matches, I mean, we went beat Tulsa 1-0. It's fine. Uh, beating New Mexico 1-0. That was um, a great result before that. Um, but, I mean, drawing 2-2 with El Paso, I think, was the best match in, the, in, those, in those several. Um, I mean... That was probably the most dangerous I've seen the attack all year, period. Um, and the resilience. I mean, we lost uh, our best defender, Fabian Garcia, in like the what, 15th, 16th minute, something like that. Um, you know, Coach Thompson brings on, instead of a defender, an attacker <laughs> in Atis Duf. And, you know, he goes in and, and assists the goal almost, you know, like 20 minutes later. So it's amazing how a good attacker can really shore up your defense. Right? Exactly. Yeah. You know, so it's, attack is the best defense, right? Or defense is the best attack. I don't know. Um, you know, and I, I thought it was a really fantastic game. It was a great Copa Tejas matchup. Uh, you could see everybody kind of elevated their game. I mean, because of El Paso's, you know, I, I listened to the Seriously Loco pod. Uh, yeah. Shout out to them. Week. They Shout do a great job. A fantastic job. I love them. Uh, and they, they did They had a really fantastic breakdown of that game. Um, and kind of the form that El Paso's gone, it seems like, you know, that they're kind of thinking El Paso's in a little bit of a, a decline, um, but they have so much of a cushion that they built up from earlier right. in the season. Nobody's going to catch them. Right. Um, and I and think I th- that's just normal. At that yeah. Point. And I think that's normal too. I mean, it's late season, um, you know, legs are tired, injuries, etc. cetera. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I mean, I can still tell that they were, you know, they were really trying and fighting in that game, El Paso. And they were, uh, you know they've got some great great attackers in their own right uh, who scored some some amazing goals for them and then uh, you know we had to bring on Sonny G at the very end and, and, and ruin the party 
um, for uh, for our Copa Tejas rivals. As long as we don't give up the Copa Tejas trophy in Austin against you know the the eventual winners, which and I think El Paso mathematically, I'm pretty sure they they can win. You know, no matter what, even if Austin wins out and they you know lose the rest of the Copa Tejas matches. Um, I was seeing today they've got more, you know, their, their goal difference and, and their type, top two tiebreakers they have ahead of us anyway, um, which I'm fine. You know, as long as we, we aren't last place in any competition that, that Austin Bold is in, I'm happy right now. But that game against Colorado, I I did not expect anything from it. So I, I wasn't shocked by a 3-1 scoreline there. Um, Colorado has honestly shocked me this season. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been, I mean, when we, when, 2019, the first year Boulder in the league, Colorado were the were the whipping post for everybody. Uh, this year, they're I mean they're they're right up there. I think at this point in the season with El Paso, I mean even if not on points, on form and on um, you know uh, you know how good they are. You know I think they're two very comparable teams. So um, not disappointed there at all. Uh, you know we went, you know we played. Uh, Baez got us a goal. It's fine. <laughs> um, and maybe the honeymoon period is over with Thompson. Uh, or we just met a really good team. You know, I mean, our next matches are against Tacoma, OKC, Birmingham Legion, and Real Monarchs. Those are our next four matches. And I fully expect to get points off Monarchs. They're, you know, they're the wooden spoon this season. Um, you know, Tacoma and OKC... You know, doing doing decently in in their uh, divisions, so those will probably be tough matches. You know, we might be able to get, uh, you know, but those are home games for us. So, yeah, so um, Tacoma has to come to Austin. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tacoma's coming to Austin. Yeah, that's a tough tough trip. I've, yeah. I've I lived in uh, that vicinity, and yeah. that's a tough <laughs> road trip. Yeah, uh, getting from Western Washington <laughs> right. to Austin, Texas is is an ordeal. Yeah, yeah. So so we're hoping that that tires them out and they're just you know you know pretty flat coming out and we can maybe get a couple goals and uh, get some points off of them. OKC, you know, it's, it's been a tough opponent for us in the past. We've I think we've got a split record with them. Um, but you know, like I said, if we finish this run of games and we only have three more after that, El Paso, San Antonio, and then a final home game against Charlotte Independence. Like I said, if we're not dead last at the end of the season, I'm fine. I'm happy. Uh, right now, New Mexico's in that last spot just above us. Um, but, you know, I think we're, we're you know, level on points. No, they're one point ahead of us. So, um, And I uh, think a better goal differential. Yeah, much better goal differential. I mean, we're at negative five. They're at positive four. So, exactly. So, you know, it's, you know, not looking good. Not so, looking great for us, but it's not looking out of the question. So, in other words, what you're saying, Rob, is currently... Of Rob, Dave, and Harry, who's got the best prediction right now? Right now, it's Harry. <laughs> so, I mean, but I mean, that's right now. We've got what seven more games? You know, yeah, it's not over. Uh, I mean, New Mexico has a pretty decent schedule, I think, too. Um, yeah, you know, it's it, they got Loose City, Hartford, RGV. San Diego, San Antonio, RGV again, yeah, and then so they get they get to end with Real. So right, so um, New Mexico gets RGV twice. Yeah. I guess conversely, RGV gets New Mexico, New Mexico twice. twice. Yeah. So I think those two games are going to say a lot. Yeah. One of those two teams can dominate both, win and, both, or yeah. pull four points at least from both. That that goes a long way. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, 
bold is kind of the the uh, wild card. The I'd wild say. card. Yeah. But, uh, I have to say, if I'm if you tell me right now, my pick is New Mexico. Yeah. And Harry's is RGV, and yeah. we go up against them. You know, those two teams play twice mm-hmm. down the stretch. True. I feel pretty comfortable because. Um, yeah, I would say so. I know Harry's banking on all of these like super, you know signings that mm-hmm. RGV's doing, but I don't know that uh, a couple of signings can really turn around a trajectory like yeah. RGV has been on. I, I agree with that. RGV was literally first. Yeah. And they've just plummeted they just... toward the end. They just <laughs> hit, went off a cliff. I don't know what happened. Um, so, it, first thing you have to do is stop the bleeding. Yep. Uh, I don't know. They just won, I believe. Didn't they just win their last game, which is kind of the no, I mean that they lost to New Mexico, right? But before that, before that they beat uh, Atlanta two, right? And then lost the switchbacks, right? So that was that Atlanta right. two oh, game, lost and drew to switchbacks, and yeah. So it was the Atlanta two game that I yeah. was thinking is, yeah, yeah. They were looking at that as maybe we've stopped the bleeding and mm-hmm. can turn this thing around, and yeah. Uh, then they went and lose to New Mexico. So I, again, don't know that that's. Enough. Enough. Yeah. We'll we'll see how that yeah. goes. Yeah. I mean, um, I think it's going to be a pretty exciting end for that last that last uh, playoff spot. So uh, I'm looking forward to watching all three teams play. So, um, so I, I do have a question about yeah. Sunny G then, because I wanted to. Uh, yes. Good job, Sunny. Congratulations. Fantastic. Uh, but to kind of circle back around to Austin FC for a second. So we talked about how GTA uh, had been around for like seven or eight weeks and was not fit enough yeah. supposedly right uh sunny g played how long after he was signed by the bold uh i want to say three four days three or four days and then he <laughs> played a usl match three yeah. or four days after signing now I've, against the top team in the division the top team in the division and this go it just goes back to my to my question i cannot understand what's going on with Yes. The fitness issues again. Mm-hmm. It goes back to resting all the players, and Jitea mm-hmm. still not played ninety minutes. Right, he played seventy-two minutes against the LA Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I failed to mention that before he scored his goal mm-hmm. at about the sixtieth minute. Yeah, Wolf was trying to set him out, which would have mm-hmm. been an absolute disaster. Yeah, there was no stop. He had called for the sub, and there was no stoppage in play to get oh, him yeah, off yeah. and get. Gallagher on mm-hmm. before he scored that goal. And then yeah. once he scored, he left him on for another 10 minutes. Or yeah, so. yeah. Uh, again, I don't understand that. But if Sonny G, I mean, if one of the two I mentioned, I don't think Jute was sitting around on the couch eating bonbons. Yeah, no. Well, Sonny G might have because he was not actively playing. Uh, he wasn't actually playing, but I know he works out. He runs his root fo- roots football. I mean, correct. Was, yeah. I, I know he was trying to get a contract somewhere. Well, like all season. Yeah, I, and again, so I know, I know he was I'm sure fit. he was probably staying fit. Yeah. But the point being, if he, you, there's not that much of a physical difference in demand between yeah. playing a USL match and playing an MLS match. Mm-hmm. I would um, agree. So if he can come in and be ready in three to four days, I don't understand how we're sitting on two, two and a half months with Jute, yeah. and he still can't go more than 72 yeah. minutes. I know. It's like, was there... And an if undis- he goes 72 minutes, then he has to sit out the next game to yeah, recover. Yeah. I mean, I, I really, really, truly don't understand that to begin with or 
buy that mm-hmm. to follow up with. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Um, and I think Sonny is the one that just proved them all wrong. I mm-hmm. mean, if Sonny can come on and do that and score. Yeah. Um, twice, technically. Twice. I mean, one was one was offside. <laughs> but, yeah, but, I mean, he was so dangerous the, from the moment he came on. And he changed the attack yeah. that last, you know, 20 minutes or so that he was on. So Well, we've talked about that's been the, the downfall of the bowl so yeah, far yeah, most yeah. of the season. Absolutely. They're kind of... They can defend like hell. They just impotent. can't score a damn goal. <laughs> right. They're a little bit impotent in the attack. Yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah, Sonny absolutely mm-hmm. helped them. With, mm-hmm. You know, Harry was asking how much he's got left in the tank, and I think he came out and we showed that out. he's a valuable piece. I don't know that he's a every day, weekend, week, account yeah, starter. Yeah, no, I mean, he's... he's but he's he certainly has a role. Sub. He's going to be super sub. Yeah, the absolutely. Rest of the season, absolutely. And I think there's definitely something to be said for that. So. Yeah, 100%. Uh, well, I guess we see how things shake out in the mountain division. That's right. Of Looking USL. forward to it. All those lovely mountains here in, in Texas. So, uh, so moving on from, from USL, uh, I guess the next big competition to talk about is CONCACAF. <laughs> Concacaf, you want to do Concacaf? Uh, or well, I guess <laughs> let's go. Let's go Nisa. Okay, then we'll go to we'll end, we'll, we'll end with Concacaf. The National Independent Soccer Association. That's right. That's right. Nisa Nation. And um, um, I'm going to talk a few minutes with Ben Gosorn, who's a super fan for Stumptown AC out in Charlotte, North yeah, Carolina. Exactly. So um, I appreciate Ben coming on and chatting with us for a few minutes. We had this. We have this question in Kicking Grass about if we're following Nisa, we need a team to get behind. Yep. And um, I think your pick was? Uh, I guess I'm still with um, Detroit City. Detroit City. Um, so Detroit City goes on a social media rampage for a few days. <laughs> they did. Talking about how they are undefeated, 27 matches, mm-hmm. the longest undefeated streak for any professional team in North America, yep. active streak, yep. Yep. Um, and touting their you know unbeaten streak going back 27 games, yep. and then they lay a goose egg at home <laughs> to Stumptown AC, who they defeated do. them 1-0. Yep. So uh, first question for you, Rob, is yeah. uh, how's that feel? <laughs> Well, since I'm not super invested yet, um, I'm sad for the team. You know, I mean that's that's a that's a long run to to, to end, and especially against you know uh, Stumptown. Not that Stumptown's bad, but you know they're not you know quite at the top. Uh, you know, but it's it happens. You know, I mean, you know, not everybody can be the Invincibles, and it takes a lot of work to do that. And I guess you know they weren't quite up to the task yet. You know, who knows? Maybe they could they could pull it off another season, but. Um, you know, I, I would just say congratulations on getting that many games unbeaten True. in in uh, you know the atmosphere that we're in, especially right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, keeping your your team together and, and cohesive enough through 27 games over probably the last three years. Yes. For, it goes back to 2019, I believe. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, I mean, that's a major accomplishment, and I don't think the the loss should really take away anything from it. Um, and kudos to Stumptown. I mean, yep. hey, that that's that's a nice feather in your cap that, that should lift the team for for at least a couple games. So yeah, absolutely. So then I was able to check out their game on Saturday. Uh, Stumptown mm-hmm. AC played uh, at home to uh, New Amsterdam. Yeah, and similarly came away with a one-zero winner. Uh-huh. Um, it was uh, Strickling uh, scored just an absolute 
screamer of yeah. a, of a oh, goal. Oh, I did see that, yeah. Um, and it was a great result. They defend really well. Mm-hmm. So we're going to bring Ben in on in a second and talk about uh, that game and some other things. But, um, yeah, it was a great game. Uh, and they, they're they doing – they're on a good roll right now. So they started out kind of shaky at home. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've been moving up, and they've, they've really turned the season around. And they're going to be a strong contender, I think, up there with uh, – Detroit City and mm-hmm. LA Force. Now the next two games for uh, Stumptown are LA Force home and away. They get back to back against LA Force. Ooh. So we'll see how that um, that shakes out. Again, That's that'll fun. tell us a lot in the NISA table for sure. But let's uh, let's bring on Ben and, and talk to him a second about uh, Stumptown and how things are going. All right, how's it going, David? Hi, Ben. Thanks again for joining us. And I uh, just want to start out by asking you, what was it like? for uh, your Stumptown AC to take down Detroit City after 27-game unbeaten streak? It's it's one of those things where it's it's just glad it, – it's good to see um, the club come back in some respect because I've been to one or two games for, for Stumptown Athletic before, um, and it's good to see a continuation in NISA because I like NISA. I like lower division soccer, and I think it's – it's uh, as much as there is a ton going on in the Charlotte soccer area with MLS and USL and uh, probably W League uh, or USLW um, happening here. There's uh, I like I like the feel of lower division soccer compared to like the MLSs and uh, upper echelon. So tell, tell me a little bit about that, because I've been watching NISA and I think it's a great um great level of play. I think the quality is absolutely there. Um, but I think as we discussed a little bit before we started, there's a uh, lack of teams in Texas area. So we're sitting here in central Texas. Uh, why do you think uh, folks in our area should be listening uh, to this podcast and what we're talking about and saying, oh, I really want to check out NISA. So why should they follow NISA? Why should they follow Stumptown? Why is that the team for Texas listeners. So I think like what interests me about NISA is that like the players are super accessible. And I think it all depends on how things want to be run. I feel like, because as much as I've seen in the, uh, my history of supporting soccer in Charlotte, it really just, there's so many different facets to it, but I feel like you're not going to get the experience you're going to get at an MLS game that you're going to get in an ISA game um, because you're not going to be able to, I feel, um, interact with the players and have that connection. And um, like, there's been multiple times our goalkeeper for Stumptown, uh, Kevin Gonzalez has like signed his goalkeeper gloves and handed them out to fans. Um, and like he gave a kit to one of our fans Um a few weeks back too. And just little things like that, I feel really sets Nisa apart in some ways. Of course you can do that at the MLS level. um, But it's less like intimate. It feels like to me, and it's more um, not corporatized because I feel like that's kind of more of a buzzword in some ways. Um, Well, but that's not totally inaccurate. I mean, MLS is a little bit more corporate feeling. I think, I think the word I'm as well. Yeah. And I think like, the word I'm looking for is like accessibility is that like the club is very accessible and it feels like you're less of, you have more of a say. And I don't know. I think that's exciting to me about Nisa 
uh, and especially about Stumptown is that they've they've made some really good decisions. It feels like with like Rod uh, Rod Underwood is I've heard based listening to other podcasts that he he is high level uh, motivational speeches to his teams, and he does really good halftime speeches and things like that. And you can just tell listening to him um, that he's like in this to win it, and he's in this to like build soccer players, and he's not just another passing coach that is uh, isn't going to put his his heart and soul into the project because at this point that's what that's what Stumptown is that's what Nisa is and it's a, it's a growing project because it and it feels like to me it's exciting because there's so much potential there to to voice your opinion to be involved with the process and to really just create something new and I think that's what's super exciting about Stumptown to me too is that um, we may not have dozens of fans and hundreds of people in the stadium, but we have, we have a good time regardless. And we're building a a culture like the silly uh, Kevin, the tree thing. Like you'd (laughs) never be able to do that at an MLS or USL game. There's no way we'd be able to bring in a Christmas tree and set it up in one of our stands. Like why we're able to, I don't know, um, to be honest with you, but it's, I, I highly doubt you'd be able to do that at an MLS game. Um, yeah, and so expi- Nisa, explain to people here what the Kevin yeah. the Tree is because I, I I was seeing that and going, wow, this is great. <laughs> so I, I forget like the exact origin stories, but one of our one of the local supporter groups that supported soccer for a while here um, is called the QC Royals, and I, I think basically it came up because one of the members of the QC Royals uh, had a uh, leftover Christmas tree. Um, <laughs> and, uh, he just decided, okay, we're going to see if we can take to a game and just kind of make that tradition of just kind of being silly. Um, cause that's kind of what we do too. We don't take ourselves too seriously. It is third division soccer. Um, and we just want to have a good time and hang out with people. And that's, that's kind of, uh, where that came up of, but it's, I guess he's named Kevin now because Kevin Gonzalez is our keeper and, um, he's been really among other players as well, but he's been like our really uh, accessible and uh, fan oriented player on the team. So I guess that's, that's kind of where the Kevin of Kevin, the tree came from. Uh, But yeah, it's just, it's just fun. We it's, we don't take ourselves seriously. Like I said, we sing kind of silly songs. There's a, uh, I I forget exactly how it goes, but it's like, uh, Stumps come from trees. I, I, yeah, I can't sing it now, but there's a, there's a song we have for it too. That I, it's just another part of, I guess, just not taking ourselves too seriously and just just having fun and enjoying the the silliness that comes along with, with supporting a uh, a third division team. I want to get your prediction on uh, LA Force coming up two games against them. What do you, how do you see that playing out? I mean, I hope it's it, it's a, a win for Stumptown. I think they've got a lot of um, momentum on their side, and they've got it feels like they've got a chip on their shoulder too because they've they've got this pedigree of beating Detroit City on the road, so they've got that I guess memory in the back of their head. Well, or okay, we can beat a top level team in their place, and they've just got really tenacious players. It feels like to me, like they're they're always fighting for the extra ball and, and really going after teams. So I think it'll be, 
I had to do a scoreline, let's say like a 2-1. That's like my favorite scoreline because it means there'll be lots of goals <laughs> and uh, it means my team will win. Uh, but uh, yeah, let's go with like a 2-1 scoreline. Why not? That's great. Yeah, I'm a defensive guy myself and uh, I was impressed with uh, the defense. They've been doing a great job um, over the last few games and uh, I believe it was Bacarano Navia was center back that last mm. game against uh, New Amsterdam. Yeah, did a, did a great job holding that down. So um, I, I, I'm looking forward to these next couple of games. I, I've been watching on 11 uh, online. Is that the best place for Texans to, to view Stumptown yeah. going forward? Yeah, I think that's uh, where all their games are played um, or viewable, I should say, all the Nisi games. And it's uh, sometimes they're better than others. It's it, the, the technology has gotten a lot better. Um, since it's, uh, maybe not since it's transition from my Cujo, but it's, uh, it's accessible and it's, uh, it's there. So it, you can definitely keep track of games and, uh, they have a lot of other random leagues too on there too. So there's, there's not a shortage of soccer to watch and it's totally free. So there's that. Yeah. So we want to encourage everybody listening, check out Stumptown, uh, and let us know what you think. Should we, uh, Adopt Stumptown as our, our Texas team and, and follow them for the rest of the season. Get some more reporting on Stumptown. What do our listeners think? And um, we'll, we'll take that into consideration. Uh, bump them up over Detroit City or what, what you think and want us to do. So uh, thanks, Ben. I appreciate you coming on with us. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing Stumptown the rest of the season. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. All right, thank you again to uh, Ben Gusshern for that uh, comments on Stumptown AC. Uh, we're throwing it out to our uh, listeners. Yeah. So Rob had uh, thrown out Detroit City mm-hmm. as a potential team for us to get behind in Texas with Nisa. My pick was uh, Chattanooga. Mm-hmm. We want to reiterate our offer to both Detroit City and Chattanooga to come on to the program and tell us why we should support either one of those. Yep. Meanwhile, Stumptown has thrown their hat in the ring, so <laughs> we'll put it out to our listeners. Which one of these teams would you like for us to follow as the season progresses in NISA? We're going to pick one maybe next episode, at yeah. least uh, two episodes from now, we'll have sure. a definitive answer for everybody. Absolutely. I mean, I have family in North Carolina, Chapel Hill, uh, areas, so which is a little far from Charlotte, but um, you know, I got a little bit of a connection there, so we'll see. And so that brings us to our favorite topic of all time. Let's go, Concacafin. Let's do it, please. <laughs> Arrancamos con este segmento de la CONCACAF y más. Y hablando esta semana de la Leagues Cup, en un partido emocionante logró coronarse el León de México frente al Seattle Sanders. Yendo de atrás al minuto 85, Emanuel El Puma Gigliotti anotó el tanto que a la postre le dio el título a León. Pasando a otro tema, 
En la Copa de Campeones de la CONCACAF, el Columbus Crew, campeón de la MLS, venció por dos tantos contra cero al Cruz Azul, campeón de México. Así, Columbus ganó la tercera edición de esta competencia. Pasando a otra noticia, a la Liga de Campeones de CONCACAF, se suscitó un incidente polémico en el juego disputado entre el Olimpia de Honduras en contra del Inter Mongo Topoe de Surinam. Ambos equipos fueron descalificados de la competencia, ya que se filtró un video en el vestidor del equipo hondureño en donde se sorprende al dueño de Surinam, que también jugó en ese encuentro repartiendo dinero en el vestidor al equipo de Olimpia. Así que, lástima, quedan fuera de la competencia por incurrir en faltas graves a los códigos de integridad de la CONCACAF. Y pasando a la Liga MX, se viene una jornada doble ya que la siguiente semana hay partidos eliminatorios rumbo al Mundial de Qatar. América sigue de líder con 22 puntos, seguido muy de cerca por Monterrey y Toluca con 20. Se vienen partidos interesantes en esta jornada doble, donde destacan Tigres contra San Luis, Monterrey contra FC Juárez, el clásico Tapatíos, Chivas contra Atlas y cerrando con el América contra Pumas. Así que esto se pone bueno y calientito para recibir la semana de partidos eliminatorios. Y pasando a Centroamérica... En la primera división de Honduras, Vida sigue de líder con 22 puntos, seguidos de Lobos UPN con 19 puntos, mientras que las potencias tradicionales como Olimpia, Real España, Motagua y Maratón se han ido rezagando con 18 puntos. Y este sábado 2 de octubre se viene un duelo importantísimo entre Olimpia y Real España, ya que el equipo perdedor podría caer solo al sexto lugar. Y vámonos al Salvador. Después de 11 jornadas, el líder es FAS con 25 puntos. Seguidos por Alianza con 24. El tercero en la tabla es 11 Deportivo con 19 puntos. Después de ganar el sábado pasado 1-0 contra el sorprendente Santa Tecla. Equipo que se ha caído al décimo lugar. Santa Tecla quien ganó cuatro títulos entre el 2014 y el 2019. Tuvo mucha polémica este año con el futbolista Gulli Peña. Cuando ambos ya habían anunciado su contratación de última hora, se cambió la decisión y días después fue firmado por el rival acérrimo el FAS del Salvador. Y por último, no se les olvide, este 7 de octubre en Austin, Texas, la selección de Estados Unidos se enfrenta en las eliminatorias rumbo a Qatar a su similar de Jamaica. Por su parte, Honduras tendrá partidos interesantes contra rivales como México, Costa Rica y Canadá. El Salvador se enfrenta a Panamá y estos son los partidos interesantes de la jornada eliminatoria rumbo a Qatar. Y bueno, esto fue todo. Se despide de ustedes su amigo Felo González. Nos vemos a la próxima en el siguiente segmento de CONCACAF y más. Oh my gosh, CONCACAF being CONCACAF. Just can't stop, can't stop, won't stop being just absolutely ridiculous. I mean... Well, it's, it's, I, I, know, I know what you're getting into, but before yeah, we do that, we get I, to the really ridiculous. <laughs> I, I should give a shout out to León. Yeah. So they won the uh, Nations League. Nations League, yeah. Uh, final. Nations, yeah. So uh, well done. I did watch some of that. Did uh -huh. you see any of that? I, I, I some highlights. Yeah. Uh, again, I don't um, know that we really cared about Nations League all that much this this eh, go around. Not really. But. Uh, but with the new format that has been announced by Concacaf <laughs> yeah. going forward, uh, Nations League is going to become a pretty big deal. Yes. So, uh, for those who haven't heard about it, they're going to uh, pause both MLS and Liga MX for a month in the summer for Nations League to have a tournament with Nations League, which will be 
Mexico, Canada, U.S., and the top three finishers in Nations League will get an automatic berth into the CONCACAF Champions League Cup. So that's the new plan for Nations League. That'll start in 2023. So, again, this year, not that big of a cup uh, as far as the importance of winning it, but... Kudos to Leon, my Leon, yep. Ponce Verde. Um, good job, guys. And winning any trophy is a good is a, a, a good thing and a big thing and something to celebrate. So. Right. I guess the biggest news coming out of that game was the announcement that Las Vegas will be getting an MLS team pretty yeah. soon. Yeah. So I don't know if that was a formal announcement or a slip, but <laughs> it is what it is, and I don't think there was a it was a mistake that Vegas was chosen for the Nations League uh, yeah final I think so yeah so it was a obviously a test run for MLS you had Dan Garber there talking <laughs> yep. about Vegas on the radar yep um, and then you had Liga MX president extolling the virtues of the MLS system and how it was and I quote the best organized and run league in the entire world and something that Liga MX is looking to emulate. So, uh, yeah, CONCACAF. What, what are your thoughts on Liga MX wanting to take a page out of the MLS playbook and copy their structure and administrative format? It's... And they've already taken step one they, they've taken by step killing one. promotion and relegation. Yeah, I mean, it was supposed to be just a suspension for like yeah, three right. years or something, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and we all know how suspensions go. Uh, they become permanent if no one pays attention. And obviously no one paid attention enough or made enough noise in Mexico. And so the Mexican league president said, cool, payday. Yep. yep. Uh, so uh, it's disappointing to me because I feel like there's going to have to be a reckoning with FIFA. Yeah. But do you think FIFA is willing to step up and do that? I... Under Infantino, no. (laughs) (laughs) Infantino, as long as the money is flowing, it's fine. Um, And he's got enough non-corrupt ways to, to make money flow and in world football at this point um, that he doesn't have to pull a set bladder. So, honestly, I see this new format as MLS is never going to be in the CONCACAF Champions League ever again. <laughs> well, I mean, they will. I, I mean, maybe that they, they still spot. get They still get some oh, yeah, automatic well, yeah, the, from from whatever. But from these spots, for the foreseeable future, this, uh, Liga MX is going to take all three of those spots. I'm not so sure about that. We'll we'll see how that goes. 2023. We'll yeah. But I mean, if they're both, if they're both going to a similar format, and I would say two of the three. If there's some, if there's some hemorrhaging of, you know, kind of the, the top tier Mexican talent. Yeah. Um, then there may be a more level playing field. Well, and I'm not so sure that, if you look at very top tier, I'm not so sure that MLS isn't there already with league mx i think league mx has the better depth and yeah that's what shows up yeah it's the depth. it's that five through eleven on the roster mm-hmm. it's not the one two three right yeah um, absolutely i agree with that yeah the one two three spots 
are comparable, but it's the bench, it's the squad, right? Exactly. That that, that you know Mexican uh, clubs have been able to produce, and it's the history, and it's the pressure, and yeah. it's the fan yeah. expectations. It's it's kind of all of the above, right? Yeah, and and I I one. really do, you know, wonder what the actual you know sentiment in Mexico is. Cause I don't I don't know if the real sentiment from the fans is is really going to make it two mainstream ears right um well, that might be a good thing to check on i'll try to do that yeah for next yeah podcast yeah if we can if we can kind of get a pulse on how mexico feels about this that's what i'm really interested in sounds good um the next thing that happened in Concacaf were uh rosters were announced yep for the upcoming world cup window yep uh u.s roster uh you have any comments that you'd like to make on the U.S. roster? Because I mean, I think we've talked about the U.S. having mm-hmm. some fairly accessible games this yeah. this window. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Berhalter selected twenty seven players, which mm-hmm. is more than the first window, which yeah. is a good thing. But I had some questions. I, I think you know goalkeepers are what they are. Yeah. Uh, defenders and midfielders were not incredibly objectionable mm-hmm. i think the question marks come in more on the forwards yep uh but i mean let's go through it i mean sure. goalkeepers there's nothing to talk about i mean but. you got zach sean matt defenders you get into you got fellow brooks dust mckenzie moore reen richards robinson both robinsons and yedlin solid i mean you, you can pick a back line out of there that can compete in Concacaf, no problem i mean there's been a lot of complaints about scaly being left out um i'm not so sure i mean i would agree i would have liked to have seen him called up for this yeah window but it's not unreasonable yeah he's, he's not going to be a decider and you know if, if there are other factors that kept him out like hey maybe i need a rest you know kind of thing you know i think that's fine uh midfielders Again, you can pick a solid midfield out of this. Acosta, Adams, Lucio, De La Torre, Leggett, McKinney, Musa, Roldan. I mean, the only one you're really missing is Pulisic. Um, well, but he's out for injury, he's out as for is injury, Claudio right. Reyna. For this and Reyna, too, yeah. Um, so, I did have two questions uh-huh. on the midfielders before we move on, though, yeah. because um, I'm not a big fan of calling in Christian Roldan for this one. Mm-hmm. Part of it is not that I object to him being on the squad, per yep. se, but that he seems to always be given an overinflated role when he's on the squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, having seen, you know, the first window, what are your thoughts on Christian Roldan? Um, I mean, I, I think he's a serviceable squad player. He's somebody who can be there for the team. He may not be the best in his position, but you need those people in the squad that are at least there to provide um, challenges and you know the, that competition for places, which I think he can provide. I mean, I think he's a you know he's he's in the tier that can be picked for the for the national team. Is he in the tier that should start regularly for the national team? No, but I think he's a fine squad choice. If you had a twenty-three man roster, would he be on? No. Yeah. So that's ultimately where we're going, and yeah. I think we're of you know opposing views that you think he's young enough to still. Get yeah, a lot I mean, better. I, I think he should. I'm not so I sure. I, I think he's kind picture. of maxed out. But um, but we'll I don't. See. But again, I don't object to him so much being on the squad itself. Mm-hmm. My objection is that Berhalter seems to have these players that he just is enamored by. Yeah. And Christian Roldan, to me, it's not that he's on the squad that's an issue. It's that he's going to be 
a major key player. Yeah, and, and, and game in, game out. Because of Greg's, you know, infatuation with him, he's, he may pip somebody who Correct. actually could contribute Correct. something more positive. I'll throw out Jesus Ferreira. Why isn't Jesus Ferreira there? I, th- I think that would be an interesting add for sure, Ferreira. But. But again, I think the real questions on this squad come into the uh, forward position. Mm-hmm. So who we got for forwards, Rob? Uh, forwards, we have uh, Brendan Aronson, uh, showing everybody what he can do. Uh, Paul Ariola, Matthew Hoppy, uh, Ricardo Pepe, Tim Wea, Jossie Zardes. Yeah, so there's a lot to get into there. Yeah, a lot. So, um, uh, you know my opinions on Zardes. Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever need to see him suit up in a U.S. men's national team uniform ever again. Same. Uh, I would double that for Paul Ariola. Same. And yeah. what are you getting by bringing those two into the national team squad this go around? Right. I mean, I mean who 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 was so unavailable <laughs> that you really needed these two in the squad for this round? I mean, it's and, and let's just go back. There's no. Giochini, there's no uh, Julian Green, yep. there's no um, uh, take your pick DK, right. DK. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's so many different options there. I mean, Jesus Ferreira, he's a he's a yeah. hybrid. Yeah, I mean, he, he midfield could, he forward. Could he's played the, the number nine. Before. He can fit into the forward uh, um, section. There's just so many other options. It seemed like are yeah. out there that I just don't get um, the choice of bringing them in. Yeah. There oh, and this go. is awesome, so we're getting a refill. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, thank you. Yeah, no worries. I'll take this one from you. Servicio a domicilio. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, y'all playing today? Uh, doing a podcast, so you want oh, okay. to you you shout nice. out on the pod? I'm good right now. <laughs> Maybe here right. in about 30 minutes. Right. <laughs> Cheers. Um, so I guess we'll see. Again, I think the point is it's going to be a probably the weakest window that we have to go through. Yeah. We've got Jamaica... Panama, Costa Rica, two of the three at home, mm-hmm. uh, only Panama on the road. Yep. I think it gives, unfortunately, if you want to look at it that way, uh, a chance for Burhalter to put in some of these players and have them look good and yep. say, see, I'm right and I'm mm-hmm. justified with these decisions. Right. Um, but it's just not how I'd like to see us use the bottom half of our our roster on the camp. Yeah, agreed. And it kind of goes back to the same thing about Christian Roldan. Mm-hmm. If they were to fill out the bottom of the roster and be available in case of emergency, okay. Mm-hmm. But you know Zardis is going to be a starter at yeah. some point. You know he's going to play. I would, if I had to put he's, money on it, he would start two of the three and play a significant minutes in the third. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I expect Paul Ariola to play. Yeah. So that it's more that when I see these names on the roster, it's the oh god, here we go again. Mm-hmm. It's now we get to see these hand-picked. I'm kind of surprised Jackson Yule isn't on this roster to be mm. honest with you. But uh, yeah. but I, again, I think this is rehashing an argument that comes up every time there's a yeah. roster for the U.S. men's national team, and every time there's a conversation about. Burhalter, it's the yeah. same same conversation. Right? Yeah, and I mean, you see, this, you see him picking the same players that aren't super effective, that aren't, you know, really the best. But now for the news that you alluded to, CONCACAF. I, I know we've been talking about a lot of crazy CONCACAF stuff, but yeah. this is just if this isn't the most CONCACAF thing this ever. Takes the cake. Uh, so CONCACAF Champions League, <laughs> and I'm probably going to totally butcher this, but yeah. I think it's Moengotapo. 
from I think Suriname. So. Yeah, Mongatoko. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Olympia from Honduras, that if uh-huh. you don't know, is probably the most famous, the most storied, the most um, well-known pro team out of Honduras. Yep. Uh, they have a home and away matchup with Goen Moengotapo from yeah, Suriname. Suriname. Uh, travel down to Suriname. They won 6-0. That's not the story. Yeah. That has absolutely nothing to do nothing with anything, to do with anything right? Anything. Okay. They won 6-0. We'll yep. get that out of the way. That's about all you need to know about the actual on-field play. Except yep. that. Um, the first thing I hear is something about the owner of the team being under investigation and he's a well-known narco who's involved in politics and wanted by Interpol and I will have to apologize to all the catrachos out there that I instantaneously thought it was Olympia (laughs) Um, however it wasn't it was was Moengotapo so the owner of Moengotapo no no the vice president no, no, Suriname vice president. Suriname and vice the, president. And the owner of Moengotapo. And owner of Moengotapo, who inserted himself into the roster and played that game against Olympia. Um, and, and, and has now taken the crown as the oldest professional football <laughs> player yep. in the world at 66. Um, yeah. His son plays on the team, too. Yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> Ronnie, but, Ronnie Brunswick is this guy's name. Right. So after the match, he apparently went into the Olympia dressing room, mm-hmm. literally with a wad of cash in his hand, <laughs> and is handing out wads of yep. cash to all the Olympia players. Yep. Uh, someone, and I don't know who this is, and I don't know that we'll ever know who this is. No. Someone filmed it mm-hmm. and put it out on social media. Yep. CONCACAF said, we're investigating this incident right um the CONCACAF rules uh according to my contacts in honduras are really clear that it would require a five-year suspension from all international games for club olympia for accepting the payments yeah now it's one of the things i've never understood with CONCACAF right um because a similar thing happened with uh el salvador you know, oh, several years ago. Okay. The punishment is for receiving the money. They don't ever really punish the people who dole out the money. So I've never quite understood that. <laughs> yeah. the punishments are not the same for those two yeah. two things. But anyway, so CONCACAF launches an investigation. Olympia comes out and says, we're interested to see what the investigation turns out. Right. There's no denial. Yeah. There's no explanation. There's no, here's what happened. Right. There's, oh, uh-huh. We'll see what FIFA sure, finds out, yeah. what CONCACAF finds uh-huh. out. We'll, we'll just wait and see what the investigation says. CONCACAF has ruled that both teams, Moengotapo and Olympia, are ousted from the CONCACAF Champions League mm-hmm. for this year, for 2021. Yep. Immediate effect. Um, and they've been fined. And that's pretty much it. So Well, Brunswick has been banned from participating in any CONCACAF competitions for three years. Now, I don't no. know if that means... <laughs> So you're like not going to let the Popo can't. You're not going to let the 66 year old play again. Yeah, okay. for, for for the next three years. Gee, so that's, I, that's I, a horrible thing. Yeah, I mean that, that that I mean I want clarification on that. It's like it's like can he not play or can his team not 
compete. You know that 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 that's the clarity. I my want. my takeaway was it was him personally, him personally, um, and I mean, that I guess. <laughs> it doesn't really do much because uh, I don't know that they're yeah. going to be in any Concacaf competitions. Right, and he can't travel outside the country anyway, or he'll be arrested by Interpol. Yeah. So, uh, I, again, I don't know that that's really a significant much of a anything. Uh, but so now we get into Concacaf and all of these ridiculous shenanigans that yeah. are just going on in Concacaf Champions League, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know, Rob. I got to get your take on all of this. <laughs> It's hilarious. I, I I just have to look at it as, you know, look, Suriname, Honduras. I mean, Suriname, much more than Honduras, is a pretty invisible country, if you think about it. Right. Most you know, people don't even realize it's, it's in Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and you say the name to them, and they're like, wait, what? That's a country? Is that <laughs> right. a city? What, where, where, where are we in the world? Yeah. Um, is that in and, Africa? Yeah, exactly. They're like, Africa, Southeast Asia? I don't know. Um, and so I, you know, I thought he was like, you know, whatever, you know, we're down here. I'm just going to have some fun because, you know, I can't leave the country. Uh, I want to play with my son. Uh, I'm just going to do something silly because I can and probably knows that CONCACAF really won't do much about it, which right. they didn't. His, his, his gamble paid off, really. Yeah. I mean, he got what he wanted. He wanted to play in a professional soccer match. He got to for 54 minutes and uh, alongside his son, who wouldn't want that, right? Um, and Well, but I'm, know, I've got to start out with this question, Rob, and I'm playing the guessing game yeah. here, but they lost 6-0. 6-0. He's yeah. the owner of the team. He could have played anyway. Yeah. What was the point of going into the dressing Locker. room and doling out money? I have no idea. I mean, I, I think the guy was just having the time of his life, <laughs> and he wanted everybody else to have the time of their life, too. Yeah, I mean, that's... I'm sure. I mean, even even though Olympia is like probably the biggest club there, yeah. Um, I'm sure those players aren't really getting paid. You know, they're not getting paid European money. No, no, they're probably not even to. getting paid American money. No, nowhere close. So to. he's. I mean, he knows what they get paid. So if he's and like, when they let's get paid, let's throw them some cash. Yeah, if and when, <laughs> let's throw them some cash because it's probably been maybe a couple of weeks since they've got a check. Um, he so, also got. I a, mean, he also received an Olympia jersey. Yeah, for he his... did. He did grab a <laughs> grab a shirt. Which, which I mean, players exchange shirts all the time, right? <laughs> um, you know that players. I, I okay. mean, that's that's completely inconsequential. I don't care that he got a shirt. He got a shirt. Big deal. Um, you play against Ronaldo, you're gonna ask for a shirt, right? Um, uh, but I mean, I yeah. I mean, I just think it was somebody taking advantage of a situation that is really inconsequential in the grand scheme of things, but can set a bad precedent for sure. So CONCACAF needed to do something. CONCACAF needed to clamp down, I think, harder than they did. I was going to say, but did they? I mean, this is a pretty much a nothing It's Yeah, it, it is a slap on the wrist, absolutely, and a, a tap on the wrist, if that. I mean, I mean, it is a bigger deal for Olympia than... Yeah, absolutely, than um, Mungatapo, but... Oh, sure. It's, uh, you know, and, and it... I feel bad that Olympia's got this kind of, you know, bit of a black mark now um, because, you know, because of their stature. Right. You know, in, in the region anyway. Um, but now, now here, here's, you know, was it ultimately bad? Yes. Was it catastrophic? No. Well, here's, again, going for my Honduran contacts, uh-huh. the um, 
this owner is a well-known uh, drug trafficker. Yes, he's yes. A, he's a narco. Yeah, yeah. Allegations are that the owner of Olympia is involved in drug trafficking as well. Uh, the president of Honduras yeah. is a known drug trafficker. Yeah. His brother is in jail in the United States for drug trafficking. Um, there are so many drug trafficking kind of overlays to all yeah, of this yeah. that that is the perception mm -hmm. by people in Honduras is that this is somehow involved with drug trafficking. Yeah. Um, and that, to me, brings a whole different level to the conversation, right? Yeah. It's, so I, if it were just some random old rich guy doling out money because he had a good time, that would be one thing. Since they lost 6-0, though, it didn't change the result. Yeah. No, I mean, that, that's um, what I mean. Nothing was affected. It's not... But then you have to ask the question, what's going on and why? Mm -hmm. And that's where I don't think we've gotten an answer. And it yeah. raises a whole bunch of questions that um, have not been answered. And I don't know that will ever be answered. And I don't think CONCACAF's the one to answer them. No, not uh, at all. I mean, if it gets into that world beyond soccer, right? CONCACAF should not be involved well <laughs> uh i mean unless it's you know interpol saying hey we got the guy we found him you know definitely did it you know lots of drugs here and they're like well crap okay then um he needs to sell the team or you know well i mean th th get out of there's the another level or whatever. to that i mean this is a Concacaf competition yeah where you have a well-known drug trafficker wanted by interpol mm -hmm. owning and playing in one of the teams in your competition I mean, aren't you kind of asking for this stuff when you do that? I mean, why yeah. hasn't CONCACAF stepped into that? Yeah, but I mean, you think about the Russian mobsters mm -hmm. who own teams in Europe and sure. China. and Italian mafiosos. Italian mafiosos. Who own teams in Ital Italy and <clears throat> Honduras. Yes. <clears throat> so, you know. And other places. And other places. Colombia. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, crime comes along with soccer unfortunately in many parts of the world um whether it's hooligans in your in england or all over europe really or you know these questionable owners that we have so yeah. i mean there's always kind of a, a second layer i like to try to ignore that second layer as much as i can but <laughs> when it is countries like this who unfortunately are subsisting on the drug traffickers to bring in all the money to the country and it's sad and I hate it it's the reality though and something needs I mean something needs to be done for that but yeah I mean it's, it's there's there's so many different layers to this onion and things that happened and possibly happened and maybe happened and we'll never know <laughs> what actually true. happened you know or, or you know the things beyond the field to play and when they happen we'll bring them to you on kicking grass that's right if reported we will we will update the story absolutely but all we can do is guess all we can do is speculate um very educated guesses <laughs> and very educated speculation um you know that most people can do but yeah it's you know it, i mean does it make a little bit of a laughing stock of Concacaf? yeah but every um, you know, every confederation has their own little scandal. Yep. And, or bigger scandal. So, you know, um, you know, it's, you know, in CONCACAF and, and Comdebol, it's mostly drugs and, you know, 
Asia, it's you know slave labor building True. the next World Cup stadium. So uh, you know, pick pick your poison. You know, I don't I don't think anyone can throw stones in this glass house. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we wrap it up here, I wanted to. Uh, remind all of our listeners that uh, Lobos Youth Academy is always taking registrations for kids. We're out there practicing. We're just starting another couple of rounds. So if you're interested in the Lobos Youth Academy, look for us online or on social media or give us a shout out at 512-409-5263 and we'll be happy to answer your questions. Also looking for coaches, right? Also looking for coaches. Also looking if you're for interested coaches. in coaching, uh, hit us up as well. And I know you're also involved in the youth soccer games. So. Yes, I am. Uh, I'm looking for some people specifically as well. So, um, so this is my disclosure. You probably you may have surmised this when we were talking about uh, the foul against uh, McKenzie Gaines uh, in Colorado. Um, but I am a referee myself, and I also assign referees um, in Hayes County uh, here, just south of Austin. And um, I would just like to make sure people understand that we have a massive shortage of referees everywhere in this in this country at all levels at all levels uh below the professional level of course uh they're always fully staffed because they're the most important right uh and but i would uh encourage any of you if you have any inkling of knowledge of soccer love for soccer you know growing the game at the youth level helping kids play games because if we don't have referees we can't play a lot of these games please go to ussoccer.com go to the referee section find out how to become a referee if you're in south texas you can specifically go to south uh, sorry stxref.org stxref.org and there are instructions right there on the homepage how to become a referee Um, we need y'all um you know, probably the best people to become a referee are college students who played through high school and aren't playing in college, uh, at least, you know, not on like a, you know, NCAA team or whatever. Um, you know, if you're playing club or intramural, that's fine. But, you know, most of these kids have nothing to do on the weekends and they need some, some money. So <laughs> those are usually the best people. They have free calendars on the weekend for me. But any of you, please, you know, we need referees. Please consider signing up, joining us. Um, yes, it's fairly thankless work, um, but we're trying really hard here in South Texas to promote a better sideline etiquette from our coaches and parents um, and, uh, you know, making it a better environment for our referees as well. Pay is pretty decent uh, as well. So, you know, hit me up on Twitter if you want to, at the Novak, or uh, like I said, go to stxref.org, sign up, join us. Um, if you're not in South Texas, go to U.S. Soccer and, and find your association there. But thanks, everybody, for indulging me for a moment. Yeah, and thanks, Rob, because I know the referee shortage is rearing its ugly head everywhere. It's nationwide, as you said, and it's at the local level. It's at the youth level. It's all over the place. So mm-hmm. um, anyone who's interested, please help out, support local soccer, uh, become a ref. That's right. Well, that's going to do it. For us today from South Austin Beer Garden, I want to thank everybody here who hosted, brought us beers to the table, keep us going. Uh, Beautiful day, always great service. Mm -hmm. We had the absolutely wonderful Bob Marley soundtrack going on. That's right, we did. So uh, appreciate everybody here. Uh, Thanks to you. Thank you, Rob. And we'll see you next time. All right, see you soon.
for the world.